marriage, hauntings, murder, we've got it all. A husband and wife talking about all things real, scary, and truthful. Welcome to our podcast. What up, everybody? We got a new setup. Eric, huh? I got my own mic. Eric's got his own mic. He can say whatever he wants. No, I can't. Whenever he wants. So we're all going to be scared. You won't even let me say what I want. (laughs) Say whatever you want. Go say something. Asshole. (laughs) Are we even sure the mic is close enough to you? Or if it needs to be turned up? No idea. Because you whisper. Let's stop. Let's look. Well, this is how I talk. (laughs) Okay, we got the sound figured out. I did it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're just chilling on the couch in the chair because now we can be comfortable and we don't care. <laughs> nope. And we're not filming it anymore either. Sorry. Because, like, I think our last video had, like, eight views. I'm not going to waste my time if no one's watching it. And also, I've noticed that Eric talks more when he's not on camera. I, don't, I told you from the get-go I don't want to be on the camera. Oh. <laughs> but he talks more when he's not on camera so this is more fun anyway sorry we'll put stuff on youtube maybe one day maybe not you never know yep i got a face for radio anyway <laughs> a good old face for radio i don't know if you can hear benny drinking all the water it's like he waits till we start doing shit to move he's thirsty i can't even deal so we started watching, there's a new show on HBO Max about um, the staircase, like Michael Peterson, and we watched the first episode, and I thought it was pretty good. Did you? Yeah, I'm just waiting to watch the second one <laughs> right now. They put out three today, and we watched the first one, and then I was like, well, let's go ahead and do our podcast that way we can um, watch the other two and not have to move. Well, we should have just waited to watch the first one then. But I wanted to see if I would like it. And I now know that I do. Thanks. So, uh, yeah. That's where we're at. And today, actually, we are doing one that one of our Patreon members told me about. If I can find the messages. Um, John List. Have you ever heard of him? Uh, nope. Okay, well, um, he lived in Richmond in 1989 when he was finally captured. And uh, it's like right down the road from where Josh and Brianna live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he sent me pictures and I'll have to post them on the Facebook group. And then the, I almost said Snapchat, on Instagram. Something. <laughs> Some social media place. But yeah, he sent two pictures and that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. He said it's five minutes from their house. Are you listening? Yeah, I'm listening. I didn't know if he was done talking. Five minutes from their house. Hmm. And then I think I said her name wrong. Sorry. Bri- I always say Brianna. It's Brianna. No. I get confused. What is it now? You say it right. (laughs) It's Brianna. I said it right. Because I have a friend named Brianna and they're spelled differently. And I get confused. So I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, But she texted me the other day and said, if I can find it, something about Scott Peterson being 
like close to like move into that jail or something. Who's Scott Peterson? The Scott and Lacey Peterson. You don't think he did it? The one that killed his wife. The boat dumped her in the water. Is that that guy? Yeah. You don't think? Remember, you didn't think he did it. Well. <laughs> you never know, but he doesn't seem guilty to me. <laughs> He's going to be in a city two and a half hours away from them at the end of July, is what she said. Are they going to visit him? I mean, can you just go visit prisoners? You have to get permission, but yeah, I reckon you could. We're going to see Brianna on the news. <laughs> Some random woman tried to go see convicted criminal. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god, I know her. And then we'll have to go visit her in jail. Yeah. (laughs) Where's this at? Uh, Virginia. I ain't driving to Virginia or flying either one. Well, why would you drive? Not to to visit someone in prison. We can all be in prison together. Pass. You think they would let us do a podcast in prison? No, work. Are you done? They can work in prison. This is our. This could be our job. Yeah, and they make like fifty cents a month. So, well, if you're in prison, what do you need money for? Uh, food, commissary. Yeah, but yeah, you gotta have commissary money. Well, this is our job. You gotta buy them cigs. <laughs> gotta buy them cigs and like Cheetos or something. No, just cigs. And then you can trade them. Yep, for noonies or whatever you need. Mm-mm. I don't think I wouldn't eat ramen. You wouldn't eat ramen? I don't really eat ramen now. Girl, if you was in prison, you would love ramen. <laughs> I love this ramen. Delicacy. No. Um, no, we've gotten way off track here. Anyone that's listening, have if you've been to prison... Did you eat ramen? Confirm that ramen is like gold, please. Please, he says. It's like please. gold in, in prison. It has to be. I'm sure, like, now they can eat other stuff besides ramen. I didn't say they can't eat other stuff. It's not like they're <laughs> grow hub and Taco Bell to prison. <laughs> but if imagine if you could. I think you should be able to, really. DoorDash, Domino's. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm in cell block C. <laughs> That's... Cell block C. Actually, if you could just throw it over the fence, I'll be in yard time. <laughs> just toss it over there. I'll get it. <laughs> what a weird conversation. You can make a lot of money being a driver delivering to prison. Yeah. They should allow that. I mean. Who do I need to talk to? <laughs> Cole Grubhub. Huh? Did you say the governor? Well, yeah, somebody has to make it legal. Well, no, I wouldn't call Missouri governor. You don't seem to be one people like. What? <laughs> I said Missouri governor doesn't seem to be one people like. It doesn't mean he won't let me grub, grub up some to Taco prison. Bell to prison. <laughs> oh, hell. Um, anyway, should we talk about crime? Or should we just keep talking about... This whole podcast is going to be about Grubhub and prison. You're welcome. I mean, somebody committed a crime to get in prison, so... Yeah. 
When did Taco Bell start, I wonder? The original Taco Bell? Yeah. Taco I don't know. I'm Bell. guessing. Let me guess before you tell me. Okay. Let's see, I'm guessing. Uh, uh, God, now I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> 1973. E, nope, 1962. Fudge. I was going to say 66. Oh, wait. He created Taco Bell in 54 and started Drive-In. Bell's Drive-In and Taco Tina. That's not Taco Bell. I'm on the Taco Bell website. And then it says, in 1962, he opens his first Taco Bell restaurant in California. 62. 1964, it became a franchise. 1967, its 100th restaurant opened. Man, that was fast. (laughs) Because Taco Bell's fucking good. No, I mean, all that whole thing, franchise in five years had 100 of them. Because Taco Bell is amazing. It's crazy. We're getting a Taco Bell. That's what dreams are made of. <laughs> Uptown. Uptown tacos. Okay. Anyway, John List. Let's talk about him. I could talk about Taco Bell for days, but now we have to you. talk about Just murder. Just been waiting on you. <laughs> John List. I'm holding up a dollar. John Emil List. John Emil. E-M-I-L. Emil. I don't know. He Emil. Was Emil. I don't know. John List. Let's call him John. Uh, He was born September 7th, 1925. So, he was... He's old. He was an old... Olden. Um, He was born in Michigan, Bay Central, Michigan. He was the only child. And uh, his father was a Lutheran and Sunday school teacher. So... I, don't, I never saw anything about what his mom did. I would assume back then she was probably just like a stay-at-home wife. Wouldn't you think? I don't know. That's sexist. Back in the day, like that, I'm saying. I couldn't find anything that she did. Maybe so she just... didn't do anything exciting. Doesn't mean <laughs> she like, didn't. She doesn't just... mean she didn't do anything. Well, she might have done some things, but I couldn't find what she did. So, anyway, uh, he graduated high school in 94, no, 93, and then he enlisted into the Army. Wait a minute. No, something's wrong. 44. Excuse me, not 94. He he graduated at 70 years old? (laughs) Is he the dumbest person in the world? (laughs) It took him a long time to get through. In 1943, he graduated and enlisted in the Army and served as a lab Heck, during World War II. So, 40s, not 90s. My bad, my bad. Um, he was discharged in 46 and then enrolled in the University of Michigan where he earned his bachelor's degree in business, oh my God, business administration and a master's in accounting. And he was commissioned a second lieutenant through ROTC. Hmm. So... He was, like, working towards something before becoming a murderer, I guess. He had goals. Wasn't just... To be a smart killer. Murder. Um, let's see. He... Oh, my gosh. I feel like we got a burp. He was recalled into the military in, uh, like, when the Korean War was escalating. 
and he was assigned to the finance corps. I guess because he had accounting skills. I don't really know what you do in the finance corps. Core? Why do I keep saying corpse? Because <laughs> that's how it's written. <laughs> I don't know. Stupid. Um, it doesn't say, so I'm not going to Google it. But he was in the finance part. And uh, he completed his second tour in 1952. He worked for an accounting firm in Detroit and then as an audit supervisor as a in a paper company. So maybe he worked at Dunder Mifflin. I don't know. Mm -hmm. By 1959, he had risen to general supervisor of the company, but uh, his wife was an alcoholic, and uh, she was unstable. So, What's that to do with his job? I don't know. However, his wife was a drunk. <laughs> she was a drunk. Oh, wait. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> my computer's freaking out um so the the murders i like um, how they threw that little tidbit about his wife in there yeah she's an alcoholic yeah, john did all this incredible stuff his wife ah she's a drunk <laughs> she was an alcoholic so um on november 9th 1971 he murdered his whole immediate family using a 9mm semi-automatic handgun and his father's Colt 22 caliber revolver. Oh, damn. Yeah. So like In one house, or did he travel multiple houses? No, it's a one house. So his children were at school, and he shot his wife in the back of the head, and then he shot his mother above the eye. So, Cool. Um, his daughter and son came home from school. His daughter was Patricia, who was 16, and his son was Frederick, who was 13. And they came home from school, and he shot each of them in the back of the head as well. Damn. Um, after that, he made himself some lunch. He drove to the bank to close the bank accounts. And then he went and watched his oldest son, who was 15, play soccer. And then when uh, they got home, he shot him uh, repeatedly because the son tried to defend himself. So he shot him multiple times. Good Lord. Yeah. So then he's like, I'll watch you play soccer, but I hope you had fun because this is it. We're going to go home and you're not even going to know. But at least he tried to defend himself. But I guess... In the long run, that didn't sound as appealing since he got shot multiple times. Um, so he took his wife and children and he put them on sleeping bags in the uh, ballroom of his house. And he left his mother's body in her apartment in the attic. What the hell? Yeah. So then um, he wrote a five-page letter to his pastor Claimed that he saw too much evil in the world and he killed his family to save their souls. He then cleaned up the crime scene, removed his picture from all the family photographs in the house, turned the radio to a religious station, and left. Well, this guy's a, clearly a psychopath. Yeah. So I remember I said this was November 9th, right? Mm -hmm. 
So a whole ass month later on December 7th, they were discovered. Yikes. Yeah. It says they were like, um, people realized like the kids weren't at school. You Took know, them a month. They won't go. They weren't going to work. They weren't doing this. They weren't doing that. Um, like they haven't heard from the grandmother. Uh, Helen, his wife, his mom was sick and um, she hadn't like heard from her daughter. So like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, they found them. A month later. A whole month. I mean, you mean to tell me the school didn't call, try to call anybody within a, for a whole month. They're like, you know what? <laughs> it's like I they're just haven't seen this kid in a few weeks. Taking a break. Any quick when run. I skipped school, my mom, they called my mom five minutes yeah. after it was the bell rang said, hey, it's the last thing at school. Yeah, where they at, ho? I don't know. Um, And Helen's mom was actually going to be at the house but since she was ill she didn't go and list said later that she would have been his sixth victim sixth victim had she made the trip Damn. so she's probably like whoo lucky break um after he committed his crimes he stopped for milk mail and newspaper deliveries hmm. so um People did notice, however, that, like, at the house, like, the lights were on all the time. It didn't seem like anything was going on. Um, like, rooms began, like, the light bulbs began burning out, like, one by one. So, like, all the lights were on. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, this light's gone. Oh, this random light's gone. And that's when people started calling the police. Like, they were like, uh, what the fuck? This is weird. So, um... They entered through an unlocked window and discovered the family's bodies. So. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how weird. How weird. And uh, so, of course, this received national attention. Because why wouldn't it? And um, they said at the time, the site was the most notorious felony in history, and a nationwide manhunt was launched, obviously. And, of course, they knew it was him because he was the only one not there. Well, didn't he leave her and wrote a letter? Yeah, to his pastor. And uh, so they had, like, all kinds of leads, of course. Um, they found the car at John F. Kennedy Airport, but they couldn't find that he, like boarded a flight or whatever they just found the car um but they didn't have like i guess like anything to say like he got on flight southwest 34b or nothing like that um so i don't know but they flew the mom's body um to michigan and so she could be buried there and then helen and her children were all buried together as well Damn. yeah i know it's crazy. And uh, the house remained empty until it was destroyed in a fire in 1972. Nine months after the murders. Somebody burned it down. Oh, I'm sure. It says that the destruction was officially ruled arson. People were probably like, let it burn. Yep. Um, but they did build a new house on the site in 1974. I'd be like, you know what? Let's just leave it an empty lot. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm good on that. Have you watched any fucking? Have you movie? never seen Poltergeist? <laughs> That's what I would say. Even though it was not like a uh, what was it, Indian burial ground? Yeah. So, but still, I wouldn't want to live there. People would be like, "Oh my god, you built a house on this where John List murdered his whole family," and then the next day it would have a for sale sign in my yard. <laughs> Goodbye. I don't want to be here ever. Um, so let's see. In 1971, they figured out that he traveled by train to Michigan um, from New Jersey and then to Colorado. And uh, he took an accounting job under the name Robert Peter Clark. And he worked there until 76 or 86, I think. He also joined uh, the church and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. So, I guess he's like turning his life around. I don't have any clue. And uh, he got remarried to a a clerk named Dolores Miller in 1985. And then they moved to Virginia, uh, which is where... The, the pictures that house is. I'm like, I just had a brain fart. Uh, mid, I don't know how to say it. Middle, I don't know. Mid, Midlothian? <laughs> They're probably listening like, Ashley, you're stupid. <laughs> M-I-D-L-O-T-H-I-A-N. Midlothian? Is that right? Don't ask me. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but he still used the name Bob Clark there. And he still worked at an accounting firm. So, I mean, he, he was, at least he ha- I guess he's like, at least I have my accounting job to fall back on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's such um, a reset button on his life, apparently. Yeah. I'm going to go to Virginia and become Bob Clark and become an accountant and re- get remarried. But yeah, that's where um, Brianna and Josh live. Hmm. So, like, right down the road. That's fucking crazy. And the house is still standing, like I said. Um... He was also a suspect in the D.B. Cooper piracy case because of the timing of his disappearance. Like, wouldn't that be crazy? You murdered your whole family, but also were you a part of the D.B. Cooper conspiracy? Tell me. Like, that's not the same at all, I don't feel like. Um, in May of 89, they he was on America's Most Wanted. So I was like... Could you imagine, like, if you were sitting at home and then you were like, "Oh my God, that's yeah. me." Wait, well, I know American... that guy, huh? I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Benny knows that guy too. <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? It's Ashley here, and I'm here to tell you about a recent discovery about how harmful dryer sheets can be. It was brought to my attention by one of my listeners that dryer sheets are full of chemicals synthetic materials and animal fats and you know how much we love these dogs so that is really hurtful to me so there's an all-natural safe and organic alternative to dryer sheets it's handmade hemp dryer balls found on etsy which is etsy.com if you're not familiar it's spelled e-t-s-y and the shop's name is green and experience green and experience it's all one word and of course i'll put the link to their shop and the hemp dryer balls in our description for this episode 
If you're not familiar with hemp dryer balls, they're all natural, plant-based, non-toxic, safe, and organic. They're safe to use in your dryer cycle, and these chemicals and toxins found in dryer sheets get infused into your family's clothes and bed sheets, and of course your dog's toys if you wash your dog's toys like we do, and you don't want that. The perfect example of this is when towels get scratchy over time. Also, their dryer balls fight germs. They're antibacterial and hypoallergenic, especially safe for babies, infants, and people with sensitive skin. Enjoy safe and naturally infused dry clothes with these dry hemp balls. Order them today with a limited time promo code for 20% off. Use code HEMPBALL20 from Etsy.com. And of course, we will put the promo code in our description as well. And we hope you enjoy these awesome dryer balls. That was a good jump scare for our listeners. They're yep. probably like listening away and then they're like, oh my God. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so at his trial, he said that his uh, financial dis-, dis... I almost said disabilities. Financial difficulties were at crisis level in 1971 when he was laid off. And uh, he didn't want to share this humiliating development with his family. And then the family problems became more and more. So his children had to get work. And um, his wife was also an alcoholic. She also had uh, untreated syphilis, apparently, that she got from her first husband and concealed for 18 years. Um, apparently, she made him, like, pressured him to get married because she said she was pregnant. And uh, they got married in Maryland because that's when... Like, back in those times, you had to get, like, the STD test or whatever to get married. And in Maryland, they didn't have the mandated syphilis test. So, she forced him to get married. She wasn't pregnant. And she had syphilis. And she told him none of this Hmm. stuff. So, and didn't syphilis, like, make you crazy or something back then? I think it's not just back then. I think it can all the time. Well, I mean, like, back then, it was, like, a thing. Right? I think I, I don't know. I wasn't alive then. <laughs> I don't I don't go that far back. Well, Google it sometime. Nah. <laughs> FBI agent in your phone's like, why is he Google syphilis so much? Nineteen twenty seven. Syphilis. <laughs> okay. So a coin appointed psych psychiatrist oh my god. Psychiatrist? <laughs> Maybe I need to go back to school. Um, Testified that he suffered from OCD and uh, he either could accept his welfare or kill his family and send their souls to heaven. Oh, yeah. The OCD made me do it. OCD made me do it. Fucking stupid. (laughs) Who cares if he has OCD? Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard of that before. And uh, on April 12th, 1990, he was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. And he denied responsibility for his actions at his sentencing hearings. And he said, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. Ask all the affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. And the judge was like, whatever. Yeah, fuck off, prick. The judge said... My mental state. Yeah. Yeah. I have OCD. The judge said that um, John List was without remorse and honor. And after 18 years, 5 months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patrick, Frederick, and John F. 
list to rise from the grave. He imprisoned a sentence of five times life imprisonment uh, consecutively, uh, which was the maximum permissible penalty at the time. So, he would never get out. Yeah. Well, one life sentence would have done it. Uh, <laughs> he filed an appeal, which, like, you you wrote a fucking letter and said, like, hey, this is why I did this. So, why did you think you could get an appeal? But he said right, maybe that, to get one of those life sentences knocked off there. Uh, now you only have four. Um, he filed an appeal on grounds that his judgment had been impaired by PTSD. Yeah. But earlier you said you had OCD, so which one? You watched a soccer game and then took the yeah, you, and yeah. then fucking killed him. This wasn't just like Bitch. a thing. Um, he also said the letter that he left behind uh, was a confidential from him and his past his pastor so it should have been admissible as evidence and the court was like you're fucking stupid no yeah that's not a thing he said i wish i had never done what i did he told that to connie chung in 2002 i regretted my action and prayer for forgiveness ever since um and they were like well why didn't you kill yourself and he said he believed that suicide would have prevented him from going to heaven where he hoped he would be reunited with his family yeah, Sir, you killed your family. You're already not getting into heaven. I think you can repent from that, right? I don't know. How does it all work? What does it mean, Basil? I mean, how could you get to heaven and still be a sinner? Because everybody's a sinner. But not everybody is sorry about being a sinner. I guess. It's like Moon Knight. His heart wasn't pure. Oh, God. That's stupid. Moon Knight. Um, so he died in 2008 on March 21st. Which life sentence was he on? I don't know. He was 82 and he had complications from pneumonia. And he was at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey at the time. They call, They also called him the Boogeyman of Westfield. Ooh. Ooh, the Boogeyman. Um... He has been mentioned on Law and Order, uh, the film The Stepfather and its remake, uh, Judgment Day, the John List story, and on the uh, Usual Suspects. Um, obviously, I said he was on America's Most Wanted. Uh, there's a place where they talk about him at the National National Museum of Crime and Punishment in Washington, D.C., and Alcatraz East, and then that Pigeon Forge place I want to go to. Uh, a 1966 episode... 1966. 1996 episode of Forensic Files discussed his murders. An A&E series called American Justice talked about him. And uh, he was also part of an investigation discovery show, Your Worst Nightmare. Hmm. Uh, a movie called A Killer Next Door is based on the events as well. So, there's a lot of shit about him. I don't need to watch any of it. <laughs> Fuck this clown. I now know his story and I don't want to learn anything more. Yeah, if only he would have got to live out his five life sentences. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you hear Cash snoring? Yep. 
He's like, I don't give a fuck about John List. I'm sleeping. Who does? <laughs> Boo! Who does? There is a if you go to Murderpedia, they have a picture of his confession letter, but I could never read it. It's like cursive and hard to read. Like, uh, I'm sorry, I did this. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I can't read it. But it's like five pages. Yeah, five pages long. Like I said. And it looks like it's just written on, like, plain white paper. Hmm. And there's, like, scratched out parts, too. So, that's kind of crazy. You can, Like I said, you can find it on Murderpedia. I'm good. I'm never going to go to Murderpedia. <laughs> I'll never be on Murderpedia. Thank you very much. So, yeah, that's the story of John List. And like I said, I'll put the pictures up on Instagram. Or Facebook, or both. Well, well, that poor guy and his OCD. His OCD took him down. Downtown Julie Brown. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. It's crazy that he went and watched his son play soccer, and he's like, man, I'm going to kill this I know. That's crazy home. to me, too. Like, oh, let's we're going to go watch your soccer game, and then I'm going to peace out. I'm going to piece you out. Kill you. Like, that's so weird to me. Like, what's your thought process? We'll let him play one last game. What a goal. You're going to pay for that. <laughs> You're going to, you shouldn't have missed that goal, yo, son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. What a crazy guy. He's so crazy. Lived a whole fucking separate life afterwards. Yeah, got remarried, worked as an accountant, just you do you, I guess. Just living. YOLO. Um, so yeah, that's John List. You're welcome, America. America. <laughs> and whoever else is listening, you're a whoop. <laughs> I think you have a job to do, sir. Yeah, I do. I have some shout-outs, big-time major shout-outs to do. When you get like a, yeah, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. No, that siren that goes, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Bow, 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 bow. We don't need the sign. I can just do it. Bow, 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 bow. Yep, that's it. <laughs> some big-time major shout-outs <laughs> to Brianna, to Josh, to Derek, and Trevor, and Rochelle. Holla! Shout-out to y'all. Shout out, homies. Thanks for being Patreon and, members. And uh, Ashley texted me a list of names. I did. Because she didn't think I could remember them. And she was correct. I wouldn't have. Yeah. No, he wouldn't have. I was just thinking about writing it a while ago, and I was like, man, really wish I had that list with me. <laughs> I really should have brought that piece of paper. It's literally maybe. five words, but. Yeah. I can't. I couldn't remember them. No. Well. Uh, also a big time shout out to <laughs> LC Originals that made our uh, candle that you can no longer see. <laughs> I'll post uh, progression videos. Yeah, progress pics. Yeah, we need to get another one. We'll just have yeah. them all over. Take control. Take control. Take over our house. The shout outs are is over. Shout out part is over. <laughs> shout outs. <laughs> 
What the hell was that? Like a set, like a. Wah, wah. No, you just sound like you're like you can't evil laugh. I can't what? Evil laugh. Can't eat a wah, laugh. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, evil laugh. Yeah. Sound like you said you can't eat a laugh. You can't eat a laugh. I mean, I don't think you can. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to swallow. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, on that note, we're gonna go watch the rest of the staircase episodes that are out. Anything? Yeah, just release them all, you cowards. Anything else to add? Nope. Okay. Well, I'm done, though. As usual, thanks for listening, and we'll scare you later. Bye.